podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is episode 21, so if that's wrong, you can certainly blame the guy with the Muppet. Oh, what a start. <laughs> he hasn't had a haircut. I mean, I shouldn't be laughing at incognito muggings. No. Because they're not funny, but I do find it very amusing that they've decided to leave your clothes. They've <laughs> yeah, got a good-looking team, darling. I'd describe them all as housewife's favourites. Chester's got the body of an Adonis. <laughs> Can't believe it, man. Good impression. Yeah, yeah not yeah, bad. Uh, it got better as the impression yeah, went on. Oh, hello, Marlon. I said to Anne, should we leave this up on the fridge permanently? And she was like, no. But it's still there. Big Marlon. I'm still on the fridge. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. Not really sure what kind of video this is. To be honest, it might be filling in for the podcast, but it might just be a video in the lead up to Wembley, as you can see. Me and Matt aren't speaking into it to each other in our bedroom, which, which, which is quite rare because that's what we did for years on the Villa View. We've actually made the trip not too far for me to film outside Wembley, where Villa will be in a week's time. And I've got to admit, coming here has made me quite nervous. I don't know about you. Um, not really. Oh, okay. um, it was a nice warm-up actually to know where I was going yeah. more than anything just because I've not come to the tube station where I've come from but I don't feel that nervous. I feel in good spirits about it all so yeah bring it on is what I'm thinking at the moment just sort of itching to get going. See I come here and I automatically think of all the bad times I've had here so finals wise the new Wembley hasn't been a happy place for us as it has three in a row we've lost final wise so Surely it's not It's not a saying, but surely fourth-time looker. <laughs> well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, I've been here a few more times other than football, so I've yeah. got other happy memories of being here for boxing and concerts and stuff. So that sort of clouds over the football. I sort of sort of forget it, but there's still the pain of that first Wembley Cup final in 2010 here. Yeah. And James Milner scoring a penalty and then Vidic not getting sending off. That's still a sore part in my memory. And I don't think that will ever go away. Whatever we do here next week, I think that memory will stay still firm in my memory. That's the thing with her. For, for me, I look at it and I think, I've actually had our share of, of misfortune yeah. at Wembley. Even last year, you look, I mean, we didn't play well. We didn't turn up, to be fair. We didn't deserve to, to, to win that game or, or get through to the Premier League, to be honest. But if you, if you think about it, like we had the Frederick Stamp last year, for example. The, the big decisions when we've come to Wembley in finals haven't really gone for Villa. No, I was just thinking that as well. John Terry, FA Cup semi-final, should have been sent off, if you remember, for that yeah. tackle on James Milner. I think it was in 2010 as well. Vidic and then Ryan Fredericks last year, they all add up. So maybe this year we might get a bit of luck on our side. And even if it's just a card that helps us along our way, we've got to get a bit of luck. I mean, I'm starting off this quite negative. Yeah. This video, <laughs> how many games has John Terry, how many cup finals has John Terry won yeah, for, for, for Chelsea? How many games has he won for England? He rocks up here with Villa last year loses yeah it's uh, typical isn't it it is it's a typical Villa um, I know you say about typical Spurs and all that but Villa are the prime example of a team that's not done well at Wembley in recent time if you think about the year 2000 yeah I remember that it, one. it wasn't great for that either so we've not had our fair share of the rubber the green but I think we've learnt from those experiences and this year we've got a good mix of youth and experience to do it last year we overdid the experience and to be honest we were playing too structured weren't we this year we won't be structured and the team that we've got is a different prospect altogether. Yeah, we've got, you feel like we've got a bit more legs about us this year. I mean, going with the midfield that I'm presuming he's going to start, I think it'll be unchanged from the second leg. So, Paul Raham, McGinn and Jack, that's a, that's a young, fresh midfield, isn't it? And Wembley, it is a big pitch. It's, it's a fair bit bigger than Villa Park. And last year, no, no disrespect to Yednak because I like him. It's the wrong kind of pitch for someone like that, isn't it? Whereas you look at look at that midfield and you think there's energy, there's legs in there. I think Connor's the oldest in, in that midfield, 26, 27, however old he is. So I think that's, that's a benefit, isn't it? 
yeah, as you say there, you're not going to play Whittle at Wembley because it doesn't work the same as why we played Jendlak last year. Do you work. think that's what? Do you think he will play that midfield? I think he will. Yeah, I think it would be stupid not to. When we played against Derby away from home, Connor started in that midfield and we absolutely battered them with Connor in there creating chances. And I think that's what we'll do again because we're playing to our best resources, which is playing open, expansive football. Something we didn't do last year, we didn't set up to do at least this year. Those players will be able to do that, and on that pitch, it's a no-brainer. But the main concern for me is that midfield is that in the second leg against West Brom, Jack started to drop quite deep again in the first half. Yeah. And if he starts dropping deep here, it's a million miles away from the opposite end of the pitch in comparison to playing at the Hawthorns or Villa Park. Obviously, the West Brom game, I've said in previous videos, they, they were so deep that when I was in the away end, I felt like I could have a chat with, the, with their back four. I felt like I was part of it for most of the game. Obviously, I think we all expected it to be Villa Leeds, but Derby every team not come here. They're not going to sit back, are they? It'll be two teams that, that come out and attack, and I actually think it will be a high-scoring game. Well, both teams got hammer for tongue, 100%. I think both teams have got nothing to lose at this point now. Derby have come into this on some real good form, but so have we. Um, last year, we didn't come into it in the best of form, if I remember, against Middlesbrough. We weren't even yeah. that good anyway. As I know we wasn't great against West Brom, but at least we saw something a bit more from the team. Um, and the same goes for Derby. They've had a brilliant comeback to do leads over so they'll be buoyed by that but then how much confidence will be they affected by the fact that they've shipped seven goals against us this season that's that's placed somewhere in your mind I know it does? doesn't matter much but somewhere you'll be going oh boys the first for seven in two games previously yeah this. see I think I think back to that game at Villa Park and I, rem I remember them having quite a lot of injuries so in their mind they'll be thinking that well that wasn't our, that wasn't our best defence that wasn't our best team obviously it was a day where everything went right for Villa everything we touched turned to goals basically in, in that first half. So do you think it actually plays that much of a part? Yes, and I think it does. And Ashley Cole's going to be playing, which adds an interesting spice to it because Scott Malone's a, a quality uh, yeah, fullback and he's suspended. That's a big miss for them. So I th I'm trying to think who it was. One of their two loanies, either Mount or Wilson, didn't play last time we played them. Mount didn't play, I don't Mount, remember yeah, that. So yeah, it'll be Mount. And yes, they've got him back, but missing out on Scott Malone in that back is what's made them so solid in the past month or so, is the fact that Malone's been back in there. So that's a huge blow for them. So equals and balances out and that final sort of notes. Being honest though, if we, if we are being honest, I think our weakest area is on, on, the, on the right side of, of midfield. So is it that much of a, a disadvantage not having, not having him there? Because Ashley Cole's been there and done that at all levels. Okay, his legs have probably gone a little bit, but on the right-hand side, I don't think we've offered that much in the last month or so. We haven't, and that's my concern as well, is the fact, I know you discussed it in the podcast last week, you've got Andre Green and Adoma as your two options to back up on that side. Between them, there's nothing there that sort of says to me they're going to be a good support. Fullback. They're both better coming off the bench, aren't they? They are, and that's your problem, is that Algarz is straight starter, but on yeah. the opposite side, what do you do? And when you've got players of the experience of Ashley Cole and whoever the other wing will be on that side, that'll cause us problems, and as you said, that is our weak point. But then, when you've got two solid centre-halves like we do at the moment, in Mings and Twenzebo, I'm not too concerned that we'll get caught out too much, because there's two Rolls-Royce defenders to back up the fullbacks. Who would you, would you pick on that right midfield? I think I know what you're going to say, but who, who would you pick out of the two? Mind you, you lot, I thought you were I, going to say Green, but you're, you're a big fan of Albert over the years. I, I, yeah, I, I always stuck by Albert, but to be honest, it's that yard of pace that we need and Green's got that. I don't think Green's got the composure that we need in a final. But do you not think on that, that big pitch, the extra big pace? Big pitch, the extra pace is what tips it for me, is that factor. The fact that 
he is so raw is what concerns me but equally excites me Adoma you know what you're going to get but it's not the option for me and I, I love Ad- Adoma but for me he's past it at this point now and that's why I'd opt for Green because he's got that freedom about him I mean I, I like Adoma as well he's obviously a, gra- obviously a great guy he's been, been a good servant over the last few years to Villa but his season was pretty much epitomised by that penalty wasn't it it was and I think a few cross, a few times before that about 10 minutes before that happened he whipped in a cross and it went straight over the back stick no nobody and I think that summed him up as well as that his crosses haven't been great he's actually running defenders he's not doing that anymore he's hitting the 18 yard box and then he's looking to go central instead of trying to take on his man and get into the penalty area he's looking to cut back inside and whip it into Jack or get it to the opposite flank and it's not what we're used to seeing from Adoma I think he's the epitome of a confidence player and when he had that confidence last season he was untouchable but we haven't seen any confidence from him this season. No. Obviously, two penalty experts sitting here as well, slagging yeah, off, yeah, slagging yeah, off yeah. people's, people's yeah. penalties. Yeah. Derby's right midfield, so they've got, they've got Harry Wilson, I yeah. know, from Liverpool. I think it's fair to say he's been a revelation this season. I think he's got 16 goals and four assists. That, that's some return. He'll probably go back to Liverpool and, and play a part next season. I feel that's the kind of area they've, they've got an advantage over Villa, him, him on that right hand side, because we're talking about the right hand side being our, our, our weakest side. He's a very good player and a danger. He is, and that's why Free he kicks is. as well. That's why he's a, a loney. But then you say that he's a set-piece specialist, but we've got Connor. Yeah. Who, that, his stats are ridiculous this season, and still we get people that will say he should be starting. But man for man, Wilson has got what Hurhan's got in the areas of free kicks and all that. But, yeah, Wilson's got everything Jack has, to be honest. And I think if you're looking at the top three young players in the division, you've got Jack. And then I think it's Harry Wilson that they're there too. And for them to go to head to head, it'll be interesting to see how they match up because um, West Brom did a number on Jack over the two legs. Yeah, and McGinn, to be to be fair. Fair. Yeah, they did a number on them with Johansson and um, Brunt as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Derby approach that because had we approach Wilson, do we put a man on him or do we just let him do his thing and we do our thing? For me, I'd rather us do our own thing yeah, and we just play football, which I think is the best way to play it. I don't think we can to sacrifice a man by putting someone on Wilson for the whole game but when you discuss that as well is that there's the other threats as well Mount likes to drop deep and circle around Mount's very similar to Grealish in that sense and he'll, player, pick, he'll pick the ball scorer. up and he'll, he'll go and create something and do something but then moving further forward I know we're jumping ahead here but the top line for Dobby is not that great David no. Nugent's been starting most of the games Who I know he loves a goal at Wembley but for me, he's, he's somebody we can pocket quite easily. I think it's fair to say though, that he's in Marriott or start after he's got two goals at Ellen Road. They've yeah. got to start him now, haven't they? You'd think so, but then I've, I've seen David Nugent start most of the season. And fans, that's the one thing I've seen with Derby fans is their bugbear is the fact that Nugent's always had the nod ahead of Marriott. And yeah, Marriott got those two goals, but Nugent's got the experience. It'd be interesting to see if Lampard goes with the risk, which I think, I don't think Marriott's a risk, no. but I think you know what you're getting with Nugent and that's an interesting battle either way for Minx because Marriott did, did one over us for Peterborough last season in the FA yeah. Cup yeah I remember um, to knock us out the FA Cup in the third round so yeah. if he did something like that then we're in trouble but yeah it's an interesting battle at the top there as often do you want to go back to something you just touched on the fact that really West Brom like you say that West Brom did do a number on, on Jack and McGinn neither of them could really get in, in, especially in the second leg neither of them could get into it but the first, the first half of the first leg at Villa Park as well I think we struggled so I looked at West Brom midfield and thought, 
was quite a pedestrian midfield. I was surprised that they managed to shackle them so much. Is that a worry? Because McGinn, McGinn over the two legs. I love McGinn and he's rightly one player of the season. I didn't really think he was involved. Does that worry you going into the, into the final? Um, yes and no. I think that he's had an amazing season. Don't get me wrong. But it looked like he'd hit a peak over those two legs and he didn't know what to do when he had two players that were literally targeting him. I don't yeah. think anyone's done that for him this season. But then, I don't think that would be a proper concern because as we've touched on previously, I can't see Derby doing a number on Jack because of their players they've got. They can play just as open as expansive football as us. West Brom didn't have that ability. No, true. So I think we won't have too much of a problem with that and the same goes for Jack. It's pointless Derby using a resource on him because that restricts the way they play football as well. So me I can't see it being too much of a problem I'm not too concerned but it's a big pitch and there's no excuses really to be numbered on yeah. let's talk about Jack a little bit like what, what, a, what a story it will be we've obviously known about him for years I feel like I've known about him since he was about six seven yeah. years of age he knew that he was going to come in and be a player and he's, he was good last season in fact he was excellent last season but this season again He's just gone up another gear. It's crazy. Dean Smith has given him the ability to add productivity to his game because he gets goals now. He gets assists and he looks a threat. But what a story that would be for him to lift the trophy at Wembley. It's an ideal story. It's the stereotypical cliche stereotype, the whole thing overall. Dean Smith as manager. Yeah. And then Jack Grealish leading that team out, it just adds up into the ideal scenario. Him talking in the press this week about how he wants Villa to be in the Premier League and that he was frustrated last year and this year's the one where he wants to kick on. But you touched there actually interestingly on Jack's ability to go up another gear from last season. I think that's no small part down to the rest of the team around him though. You think? The fact that Smith has given these players around him, the likes of even Neil Taylor and Al Mohamedi, told them to actually push on and go and create chances rather than sitting back. Yeah. That gives another outlet for Jack to feed off and to move the ball between. As I went before, it was Jack running down a straight dart down the middle, running into an alley because there'd be no to support him because of the system we played. But that's another reason why Jack's gears gone up, because the players around him have actually got the freedom to actually go and do their thing as well. You raise a good point now. I was thinking about the, the Rotherham goal earlier. I was writing something else earlier and I was came across the Rotherham game and I was thinking about that goal that he scored the end of winning goal of the season and what you say is right Neil Taylor and Al Mohamedou were both heavily yeah. involved in that under Bruce you just wouldn't have seen that happen would you it shows what a good job Dean Smith's done in he's, he's revitalised people Neil Taylor was completely out of the picture under Bruce Bruce didn't rate him even the fans didn't rate him because they probably hadn't seen the best of him but you now look at him I think he had an iffy second leg to be fair but he's over the last two months he's been great Yes, he's been brilliant. He's been a revelation. But I think that hones down to the fact that he's Dean Smith's football. Yeah. Uh, the football Neil Taylor's playing at the moment is the same football he was playing under Brendan Rodgers when he was first in the Premier League with Swansea. Yeah. He's at that peak at the moment, and I think we've found him at a good point. He's another confidence player, but at the moment he's got bags of it. As for Elmo, he's played himself into that team to a point where Hutton was never going to get a look. He's not even on the bench at the moment. No, no, to... exactly. And that's just the credit to the way Mohamed is going about his business. So... It's a no small part down to the way Dean Smith does things, but Taylor especially has been brilliant. And he's a player that I've always said, played the right football, you'll see the best of him. I don't think he's the best attacking. No. But he does something, he actually gets up there and he creates things. He doesn't sit back. 
I know he doesn't whip it in that much in comparison to Elmo, but no. he's offering a lot more than he was before. He's an outlet rather than a, a bystander in situations. He's actually tidy in possession as well. Yeah. Isn't he? Like you say, he's never going to be one that's bombing on a, on the overlap. That's, that's not his game at all, but he's a solid defender. And he's actually better on the ball than I think people realise. And that, that, being able to be intricate, because Jack obviously drifts over to that left-hand side and Algarz is on that left-hand side as well. And there's, there's a real partnership developing between those two in recent weeks as well. So that little triangle there, that, that could be where the gains would. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Neil Taylor end up on the score sheet just because. Oh, he's, no chance, he's, Matt, come on. He's come close recently. Think about it, he's had a few chances recently, especially against Leeds. He had that one that was well saved. He so, should have been allowed to score the goal from kick off. He should have, yeah, he should have. That was out of um, order from Adama. He should have, and he'd have been bags of confidence then. But for me, it's a key area anyway. Al Ghazi, other than Grealish, has arguably been our best player in the latter half of the season and between them they score goals they create chances and there's always a chance of scoring a goal with one or two of them in the pitch for me if we lost Anwar I would be concerned and the same goes for Jack both of them are key players and I think they're equally both as key now I think that you have to have Anwar in that team I think we've got a lack, of, one, wingers, we? got a lack of wingers and he's actually quite consistent at the moment and I fancy him on that pitch as well another one that's got that extra yard on players knows how to get to the byline line and get across and, but equally he's not afraid to go by himself We've got these individual players that can have moments of brilliance on their own two feet yeah. or moments of brilliance with everyone around them and that's so important. That's why it can be won and lost in those, those three players. So I remember thinking that last year. I remember thinking oh, on a big occasion, like Snodgrass had been a bit quiet in the months leading up to the playoff final but I remember thinking in this game he, he's going to turn up, he's going to be decisive, he's going to be a match winner but it, it just didn't happen. In a way a lot of our players, I say they froze, they were stifled. By the, the lack of game plan, we went one 0 down last year, and it was a it was a big surprise to us. I think, and we, Bruce didn't know how to react. Therefore, the players didn't know how to react as well. The one thing with this team is, if they go a goal down, you're not as worried, are you? No, I, I think I touched on in the fan cams actually after the first leg is that as soon as West Brom scored, I knew that within ten minutes we were back on level terms because that's just the way we are at the moment. We've got that ability to just come back straight away. It doesn't take us long to get back into it because. So all of a sudden, we play good football when we're at nil-nil, but all of a sudden, one nil down, we don't look scared. No. We just carry on like we were 10 minutes previous to that at nil-nil, and I think that's something that reassures me quite a lot in this team, is that we've got that ability to just go for it at one nil down. And I wouldn't be concerned if we went one nil down. As when last year, I knew at one nil down we were going to struggle, and you touch on that with Snodgrass, but I think Snodgrass was a totally different proposition on the wing to having um, Green or... El Ghazi, if it was those two, I think there's a lot more pace between them. And I think Snodgrass was a great player for us. But in hindsight, I think Anwar's arguably a better loan for us. You think? In the sense that there's something more there overall, as when Snodder, you knew what you were getting. Anwar's a bit more unknown, but I quite like that about him. You can't predict him as when you knew what Snoddy was going to do. That's the thing with El Ghazi, because I don't think he's the most consistent player that we've ever had but often with wingers they're, in, they're inconsistent anyway aren't they but out of that bunch of wingers he's the, he's the, he's the option that you 100% pick which do you think there's a case for Codger to start on the right wing because I know we've just discussed yeah, Green and Adonis yeah, do you think there's a case for Codger 
I always said a few years ago when Codger got shoved on the wing, he wasn't as effective on the wing as he was up front, and I think you disagreed with that yeah, at the time. Yeah, I, I remember that. And I still sort of stand by that point, but I think Codger's been very productive in the second half of the season, more so than people have discussed. He's gone under the radar quite a lot, and it's unlike Codger. I know he has his wild moments where he does a bicycle kick for no apparent reason, yeah. he gets nowhere. He's a great option to have, and I'd have him on the bench just because he's been really effective off the bench in recent weeks. Even when he led the line in Tammy's absence, yeah, he was productive. He was productive, and he created stuff. And he, we're seeing a better, more well-rounded player with Codger in the last sort of six months than we have them before. Before it was just him, it's Codger's team. I'm doing my own thing. We don't have that with him anymore. I think he's more of a team player. So putting him on the wing is more of an option now than I think it was 18 months ago. If you'd have said to me 18 months ago, put Codger on the wing no chance but no I think it's a viable option because he's a lot more of a team player for us he's tracking back just worries me I'll never forget that Sheffield obviously that game was ridiculous anyway the Sheffield United game two of the goals stemmed he's playing on the wing and he's not, not tracking back and then I look, I look back and he stood next to Tam, Tammy Abraham like mate you're playing on the wing get, get, get on the wing track, track your man That's the, that would be my only concern with Codger I don't think I, I don't think the team will change from West Brom unless we've got injuries. I don't know whether you've heard anything, but obviously Twans, Abbey and Elmo both hobbled, yeah. hobbled off. I mean, we don't know any team news or injury news at this stage, but we we cross our fingers and hope hope they're fit. But actually, if Twans, Abbey wasn't to make it, which obviously we want him to, Courtney Hawes has done well. So the centre back, there's options, but you would you wouldn't want to lose Elmer. I think he was our best player over the two legs. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's been our best, one of our best the whole season though in terms of consistency there's not many that have been consistent as consistent as him obviously Jack has but Jack's missed part of the season so if you're going across the whole season Elmo's up there Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't fancy Alan Button to be honest uh, bad memories of last year bad memories bad memories and against Norwich the goal that we conceded was down yeah. to him so Elmo's a must for me I'd be gutted if he missed it but I've not seen anything to suggest he will be missing so hopefully he'll be on that team because he's such a vital resource for us now and I think that we won't see him next season in the Villa shirt. No, I think, I think he'll start. So I think the opposite. You think he'll I stay? I think in the Premier League, he'll yeah. be there. As, we've got Gil- Gilbert coming in as yeah, well. Yeah, that's we? what I was thinking, though. But I think Elmo, yeah. um, Elmo will still be there. I mean, you've got to give players time to, to adjust to the league. And with, yeah. with Elmo, he'll always be a 7 out of 10. Won't yeah. it? I'm not saying he's as good as Gareth Barry, but Gareth Barry, you knew, would always be a 7 out of 10. And I've got to be honest, at right back, I feel that way with Elmo as well. That's fair enough. I, I agree with that. I can't argue against that, to be honest. And, You've got that across the whole team, though, is that we've been that consistent over the last 12 games. Yep. I can't really remember players that have had a bad game recently because it's just not been the case. I know Mings didn't really have his best of games in the first leg, but I think that's past him now as well. So I'm not too concerned about players that are out of form. Or the only player that would stand out to me as one that would be a concern has been out of form is Tammy. You think? At the moment. I, I know he got his penalty and he scored, but... He's not been the most consistent of recent weeks. It's fair to say. I mean, he has a, he, he's he was injured, wasn't games, he? And then yeah, he came been, back for the playoffs. Yeah, I thought he looked a bit sort of sort of stuttery, like the injury was still playing on him a bit in the first leg and the second leg. And so it'd be interesting to see now, they've had this sort of few weeks since the last leg, whether that'll impact him and put him back to full fitness because he wasn't at full fitness for those two legs, I don't think, to be honest, with that injury. So it'd be interesting to see for that, but as the one player that would be concerning me, it would be Tammy in terms of form. What about his overall season though? I mean, 20, 25 plus goals is an, an incredible yeah. turnaround. I mean, when we were struggling, he, I know that all those draws were what, was what killed us in the end for automatics, 
But those draws actually, if we hadn't been picking up those points, we probably wouldn't have made, made playoffs. Now looking back, it, he was keeping us in games, wasn't he? I think of the QPR at home, 2-2. I think of other games. I mean, like Preston, it was a terrible game. Preston away, but Tammy's the one who scored the goal. I actually think, like I did with Snodgrass last year, unfortunately. Him, him, him coming, uh, Tammy coming here yeah. on, a, on a big occasion. Yeah. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll rise to it. Yeah, I think he will. And he's just so consistent throughout the season as you touch on there he kept us he kept us in games for a lot of it for the large parts with those parts without um, Dean Smith it was definitely the case that we were kept in it because of him and because of that yeah he will start oh, and uh, start, he's yeah. been amazing for us don't get me wrong but it's just that little niggly concern that that injury will stick to him and we'll be in trouble but then like I say Cod has been that good recently is that option to go up front but we've got that flexibility I don't know now. whether I'd want that you could go two up top if it got to that point I know we put three strikers really on against yeah. does he switch from that Brom. formation he never deviates no, from 4-3-3 no. really no. even when we had the strikers on the pitch basically two of them were on the wing yeah. and a dome I mean when you're playing against West Brom as far back as that yeah. I mean you could no. probably have ten strikers on the pitch and yeah. you know they're so deep it does, it does not really going to prove effective what do you make of the, I mean, I don't like this particularly, but there's obviously a lot of dialogue around Frank Lampard and John Terry, which is very disrespectful yeah. to Dean Smith, and I, yeah. don't, and I don't like it, but obviously I have to ask you ask you about yes. it. What would you make of it? Obviously two England heroes have done their fair share down down in this stadium. It, that, that is interesting that one of them next season will be in the Premier League. I've sort of backed your argument up to the hills. So I've tweeted it a few times and said, this is disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't be a thing. But then in hindsight, the pressure not being on Dean Smith in this situation could play well into our hands. Yeah. The fact that nobody's discussed this is Dean Smith's first ever game managing at Wembley. Possibly managed here in the Johnston's Paint Trophy final for Warsaw, thinking about it after I said that. There, Max, I didn't know that. Um, I'm putting that one back. I'm pretty sure it was him. But anyway, it's feasible that he's his first game here. And there's no pressure on him because of the fact that the focus is on Frank Lampard against John Terry. So in hindsight, yeah, it's really disrespectful on their back for that. That could play into our hands quite well. And the press are always going to talk about it as, as much as you don't want them to it's going to be the case the fact that Ashley Cole is playing for Derby amongst us as well yeah. I mean it is the whole Chelsea team that won the Champions League the back, this backbone of it is yeah, at Wembley in the Championship so it's going to be discussed and do you want to put another name into there Jody Morris is the assistant manager of Derby ex-Chelsea as well so yeah. it's all Chelsea affair Tammy Chelsea yeah exactly Mason Mount Chelsea oh, yeah, it's so it's a Chelsea Chelsea affair. might as well be down here yeah, 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 exactly. we've deciphered on his video <laughs> yeah but exactly that is that to be honest all the talk around Lampard versus Terry might well play into our favour do you think Villa obviously last year we lost our lost our lone players after, after losing losing the final having so many lone players both, both Villa and Derby have got that aspect I've known that they're, they're heavily reliant on the lone players of Derby, we've got Tamori at the back as well from Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Ma- Ma- Mason Mount, Harry Wilson. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the Premier League, you've got a chance of either being able to get those players back on, on either on loan or permanently. But like we saw last year, if you, if you don't make it, it's difficult. And then you've got a whole squad that's dismantled. So there's so many reasons we obviously need and want to win this game. But the main reason is Jack, isn't it? It is. I. Sadly, I think he's gone this summer if we don't go to the Premier League. We've got to accept that as much as a boy loves his club, he's better than this. We saw that last summer, though. Yeah, we did, be but, yeah. we did, but at this point now, he's seen Spurs get to the Champions League final. And if Pochettino was to stay around, I can't imagine Spurs not coming to call for him again. Do you think they're coming for him even if we go up? No. 
I think Jack would stay anyway. Oh, I do if we go, go but yeah. do you think they'd try again? Even yeah, if, they even would. If they'd we try their luck, and I think they'd probably go in with the same sort of money as 40 million sort of around the offer, which is disgrace really considering I think Palace are asking for 80 for Zaha this summer well, they're apparently interested as well Palace it'd be stupid from Sky though wouldn't it it'd be sideways if not backwards yeah and I think the fans would be on, to be honest turn on them if you went to a place like Palace no disrespect to Palace as a club but I think the fans would sort of accept it a bit more if you went to a Champions League club yeah but if you went to the run of the mill middle of the table cha- uh, Premier League team I think fans would feel a bit disheartened by it but it's not something I'm trying to look into too much at this moment in time no. just because we've still got 90 minutes of football I'm just trying to cover all bases man. yes I, I, I think it's there as a thing in the back burner but then equally we know there's a hell of a rebuild whatever happens this summer there's a hell of a rebuild that's going to happen whether we go up whether we stay in the championship there's still a huge rebuild because yeah, of the amount of loan players that are in that team and it would be great to keep the three That if you want to keep three it would be I've sort of accepted that Twins Abbey will be playing first team for Man United next season I've accepted that it's inevitable so Mings El Ghazi and then to be honest I saw rooms about Tammy for 25 million I don't know if I'd take that really wouldn't you I would I think he'd be a hell of a player yeah yeah I think you can't teach some of the stuff that he does people say he just scores tap-ins tap-in merchant but you have to I get yourself in those positions. His movement's clever. Yeah, yeah, it's it, is, it is. I mean, we've had Gabby on his own yeah. up front at times. If it's that easy, he'd be, he'd be knocking in those yeah, tap yeah, with me. Totally. It's, it's, it's a skill. Mm. I think sometimes with our players, there's a danger that things get over, overlooked. Like people say, said about Connor when he was going through a bad patch, oh, he only whips in the set pieces, which, which is ridiculous. But even if he was just doing that, it's a, it's a valid skill. <laughs> it is. He <laughs> scored yeah, a lot of ridiculous. goals off them set pieces. We yeah. scored a lot of goals off Tammy Abraham tapping, so it's, it's all valid stuff. It is. and struggling back to the original point there is Courtney House is in a free transfer this summer I don't know I think it's pretty much agreed that he'll be here in the summer whatever league so I'd take him anyway yeah he's a good option and I know Wolf translated him when he came I know he's not very good good. he's a good player and that was just down to game time for me he's only young I think he's what 23, 24 he's still a young player still a young head but Tammy it's an interesting one because of the Chelsea embargo on transfers yeah if Chelsea get rid of that embargo they'd be inclined to sell him just because it helps fund things but if they keep that embargo you can see them keeeping him because otherwise as Chelsea options go up front they've got hudson Adoy, Abraham, Giroud and Higuain or can they even even buy him I don't know yeah exactly so it throws a lot up into the air in regards to that so it's another one that I sort of accepted we might not see him at the part next season anyway so yeah it's an interesting one definitely but there's still a lot to blame for that yeah, I just want to talk about the playoffs in general because I mean I've said on previous podcasts and stuff like last year's playoff final. I think it changed me as a person. I think something inside me died that day, and I think it's only going to come back when, when, <laughs> yeah. when, this year yes, if, if we yeah. go up yeah. through the playoffs. I, I kind of need that to need that to happen <laughs> for, for personal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, if, I, yeah. if I'm being honest, but I always like to used to enjoy watching the playoffs when Villa were Premier League. You yeah. watch it and you think, oh, this is great, such, such, such good football, so exciting. But now we're in it. I hate it. Oh, it's, it's horrendous. horrible. Yeah, That's horrendous. Tuesday at West Brom. Like, it's probably my, one of my worst football experiences in terms of, I just felt like I was going to break down during the game. It, it was so intense and, and that's what the playoffs is. It's, it's, it's do or die and mm. down here for a, a one-off uh, occasion. Again, it's, it's a day, you, unless you like run out four or five nil yeah. winners and you com- you're comfortable, it's not an, not an enjoyable day. We, oh, we all not. like coming to Wembley, obviously, yeah. but so much on the line it's the, it's the biggest game in club football it is I don't think there's any better I mean they've built it as the 100 million pound game in recent it's years it's probably more they? than that now it's more than that as you say now and it's scary 
it is scary that that's how much is on the line. If it's 1-0 at 80 minutes, I think nerves will be going and it'll be a horrendous atmosphere. It'll be an amazing atmosphere, but horrendous inside the, the scariness, the fact that it could be that close for us. But I just know that these lads have got a different mentality to last year, that if we are Hopefully, into yeah. those 85 minutes and leading, I know that we can hold on and I know that we've got the players and the tactics, especially in John Terry defensively, to actually nail it and come through victorious at 1-0, but we've got to get there. Yeah. And that's the main thing. That's the thing, because I'm not going to lie, actually, I've enjoyed the Championship more than, more than I thought. I would think that first season, which was pretty miserable, I thought. God, we're rubbish in the Championship as well. This is yeah. absolutely no fun at all. We're rubbish in the Premier League. Now come down to the Championship and we're no good there either. But then last season, I think you started to get a bit of love again. Whatever people say about Bruce, we won 25 games of football. For the most part, it was enjoyable because we were winning. But then this run over the last few months is just taking it up, up another notch. It's been so enjoyable and it has been good to see Villa winning games in the Championship. But I'm ready to leave the Championship behind now. Yeah, I look at it and Leeds are going into their 15th year next season that in that league. huge club like that being down there yeah. for that long. And there's others, other examples I can't think of at the top of my head. Ipswich have just dropped down to League One. Forest. Forest. Derby themselves. Derby, yeah. All these teams have been down there a little while. And you wouldn't have, I don't, I don't think you'd have expected Villa to get to the playoffs again after last season. You'd have expected us to either bomb it and yeah. not make it or to have gone up automatically I, I couldn't have seen I us. never expected that no but you couldn't have seen us repeating the whole going to a playoff final for the second year in a row I don't think it's been that, done that much where teams make it back to back years to a final Wednesday in the did playoffs. It, yeah and that's another team that have been stuck down there yeah. so between them it's scary from that point of view so I I like the fact we've won so many games in the championship but I am ready to go up I'm, I'm fed up of it to be honest the, yeah. the, the targeting of players Jack especially. It's, Jack especially, it's, it's horrendous. And when you've got teams camping on the edge of their box, I don't think, touching on this actually, is I don't think against West Brom we can read too much into the way we actually played because it's so hard. Yeah, a lot of people whoever, have said that. Whoever you are, if you're going against a team that have got 10 men at that back, what are you meant to do? No, it's There's only so much you can do. I've got to be honest, I don't want to be watching my, my team's whole lots on Quest. I want to be watching Match of the Day. Standard that's, definition. That's, that's, yeah, I'm watching yeah. stuff in HD. I want to be watching Villa in UHD when I'm, when I'm not at the games, in, yeah. the away games, the, things like that. It's those little things. Like, yeah. It does feel a long time since we've been in the Premier League. Now, it's only, I know it's only three seasons. Like you say, Leeds have been gone 15, but it does feel a long time ago since we were in, in the Premier League now. And it, it should, I know everyone says it, but we, sh- we shouldn't. It sh- shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be, should it? We, sh- we should be a Premier League team. We should, and we've got no divine right to be there. Let's get across that. But... When you look at it, this is an interesting point somebody raised to me the other day is that how long does it feel like Bournemouth hasn't been in the Premier League? It feels like a donkey's year. It's four now. Four. four. So the same year we were relegated, yeah. they went up. And that feels a lot longer than four it's years. The year before, wasn't yeah. it? So we played and we beat yeah. them, didn't we? Yeah. I think one of our only wins that yeah, year. Say, but, one of three wins. But I think you can safely say they're an established Premier League team now. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's crazy. The fact in those turnaround, Bournemouth established themselves as this top team where they're spending 30 million pounds on a player. And we're still in the yeah, and we're still in the championship. It's mental to think of it like that. And since we were last in the Premier League, the whole revenue of the Premier League's changed altogether. The whole landscape of who's buying who has changed totally. I mean, that was peak Villa, wasn't it? To get relegated, the the worst season possible. When you've got teams like I know West Ham would spend money, but they're spending ridiculous money these days. Players will go to those players will go to that team. Yeah, and it makes you wonder and dream about the players we could attract to Villa Park. 
with yeah, the, pl- the fans that we've got behind us in terms of numbers the fact that we've got such a pedigree and heritage behind us we've got no divine right as I said before to be there but it just excites me that we'd attract players that the top six teams in the Premier League would be able to attract not like the top four but the teams just below that so your Everton's I hate to, hate to say this but Wolves these players would look at us on par with those teams if we went up because of what we are and who we are and it's an exciting product to be a part of if we get there I mean Burnley finished seventh a couple of seasons ago so yeah. and they've not spent a fortune so if you manage to your, your club in the right way Villa can get can get back to those those kind of echelons, but we've got to go, we've got to do it. We've got to we get are. there first, and that is that is the hardest thing, getting yourselves back at, as as leads are found, and that that's the bit that I'm just it's hot, it's horrible, it's horrible just thinking about it. it's fifty fifty, isn't it? We'll either be here next this time next week, absolutely buzzing, yeah, or the sheer devastation, and another pint inside of me dies, and that's never coming back. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's horrible. It is. I felt a real low last year. I remember I didn't go. Um, because I was working and I watched it on my phone when I was working I was like, distraught and I can't imagine the feeling of being at the ground oh, and, nice cream. and this year obviously I'm going to have that feeling and it won't feel good if it doesn't happen for us and I think just as Villa fans we've got to absolutely get behind them the most we can I know in previous years things have turned if it's not gone too well for us I don't think um, it actually hasn't been like we'll, that I don't think it's been like that this year at all I think especially against West Brom when we won one down it was interesting to see the reaction of everyone. Yeah, it was good. And it was a really good response. And I think that's what we need here. It does help when you've won 10 games in a row, pretty much. It does. Go, it does. Into it gives that, you a bit of confidence, yeah. doesn't it? So that's major. Is the fans that are behind us, the, the sellouts that we've got, just sold out. It's, it's a mental atmosphere that we're coming into. And I think the players will revel in that and make the most of it. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime game for some of them. And we've got to deliver, haven't we? Yeah, I've completely forgotten what I was going to ask next. <laughs> I was going, oh yeah, just talk, talking about the fans a, a little bit. One thing being in the Championship has done is I feel like it's kind of brought the, the fans and the atmosphere back. I mean, those poor people that were going away every week in the, in the Premier League, there was just there was nothing to gain from there. And even that first season in the Championship, but again, this season has been some great away days and then sellouts towards the end of the back end of the season at Villa Park, although I feel people probably just wanted to get their references right for the playoffs if, if, if we're looking at it a little bit that way but the championship's been good for the fan base it it's galvanised the fan base because they've had something to get behind again and a lot, I remember a lot of people saying oh, we just need to be relegated and just, just rebuild and, and we've now got the right the right owners we, I think we've got the right manager we've got some, some great players some players that love the club literally would bleed for the shirt now so it, it does feel all set up that we're ready to go back it does and that's, and what, that's what worries me yeah. I was about to say that's what worries me so much about this is the fact that these players are so part of the club now and part of the fans and that's a big thing is the disconnect between the fans and the players oh, was one thing that was totally yeah. separate to the whole fan base just generally was the players connection with the fans and we've got that back you look at the lone players you'd think they've been with us for 10 years and they've been brought through the academy driver. it's mental and it's so exciting you just can't just hope we're not let down from that is the fact that these players have been they've wore their heart on their sleeve to coin the cliche and it's rare you get that in a modern footballer and with the right blend you'd fancy us in the Premier League to be stable yeah it'd be nice wouldn't it it would be but I think that what you can't afford to do is do a Fulham absolutely blow it 
but we've got to get there to that point. But you can't blow it like Fulham have. In yeah, I feel bad of, even talking about stuff like that. Yes, I don't want no, to talk no, about it. No, but it's something to factor into this whole thing is that these players, if we were to go up, it keeps that connect. It keeps those players together. It keeps the players together. But if we don't, we lose that bit of connection between the fans and the players again because the likes of players that we've chanted their names, we've had this real connect with, we might well lose. Who's to guarantee the fact that we might be able to keep John McGinn if somebody comes in like Everton for 25 million? Yeah. To be honest, you can't see us saying no to it. So we won't be able to because of financial. Yeah, exactly. Back. So I don't want to say that squad get decimated. No, exactly. I don't want to say and that. That's another thing to bring to this whole connection is that we don't want to have to really build that again because it's just a timeless thing. And that's how you end up in a position like Leeds where it just goes on and on and on through the years and you get nowhere. Yeah. There was a, a game, I think it was, might have been the Bristol City game, where I realised how special and how rare this was when Twan Zabi was walking off the pitch chanting, chanting the Villa songs and we've seen Mings do that as well. I don't think I've ever seen anywhere unless someone's won a trophy. Players singing along with the fans and stuff. And this is Twan Zabi belongs to, to Manchester United. Like you say, he'll probably be going back to Manchester United. But he's loved his time here, which says a lot about the football club. It does. It's a massive club. It is, and everything about it is massive. You go to the training ground, you know you're yeah. a top club. You walk through the stadium, you know you're a cl- top club. You walk out of that tunnel and you see the trophies and all the honours. You know, it's a top club. You walk out and you look at the whole tent. You know you're the top place to be in the league. I'm going to keep going on with the top bit. Yeah, because you, you, that's you, what you wanted it, didn't you? You, wanted to, you persevered <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. Even, even though it was tired yes, enough, yeah. you still thought, I'm not going to say <laughs> another word but top. It was falling the flat, wasn't it? But it's that point, though, is that we're at the pinnacle of everything didn't use the word top no. I hope Dave Smith's team talks more strictly than what, you, what you've just done there because if that is his yeah. team talk the players are going out there and having a nightmare yeah but it is that though is that these players want to be there and I think they've got to finish business especially some of those players like Twenzebo if they can finish with promotion I'd be happy to see him go back to Man United I'd be gutted to see him go back if we're still in the championship but if we got promoted and he's helped us there I'd go fair play you're going to Man United now, going to be in the first team because he's been unreal for us. Yeah. Well, I think that probably does us. I think we've covered pretty much every, everything we can. So thanks for thanks for coming down. Good to, good to see you again. Obviously do a video with you again properly because it's been a, been a few yeah. years now. But Feels good. I've got to say, I'm, I'm nervy now. Yeah, I am it, nervous. A little bit more after that hour of discussion or however long it was, it does feel yeah. like it's upon us. But yeah, I'm ready for it and I think we've got what it takes. Well, hopefully it'll be a top day at Wembley for us on Monday as, as, as Matt Lynch would say if you have enjoyed this video either listening or watching but particularly watching on YouTube if you have enjoyed it then make sure you're giving us a like and an iTunes review if you've listened via iTunes or any other audio method if you're not already subscribed to the Villa View with your personal notification on if you could do that that really helps the channel grow and let's face it at the moment we need all the subs we can get comment below with your thoughts ahead of the ahead of the game and if you've enjoyed this video let us know with some comments as well maybe Matt Lynch will join jump on there and reply to a few. I don't know how active yeah, well, you are on YouTube I will do, yeah. nowadays. I'll, I'll it's going to be plenty more content on the Villa View upcoming in the lead up to the big playoff final. So make sure you're sticking with us. Make sure you're sticking with us either. Stick with the channel, stick with the Villa, up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.